Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. I've been really excited about this one for a while. This is the Neural Net episode, part two. Yeah. All right. You're listening to Linear Digressions. So some of our uh, our friends up the road at Stanford and some of our friends across town at Google um, have been working on this neural net project, not together, but they've been working on the same uh, project independently and, and jointly announced this yesterday. The rough idea here is that you use a neural net to automatically caption pictures. And this is really difficult because it combines several things that are that are tough for um, for computers to do. The first is that you have open-ended object recognition in your image analysis. So what what does that exactly mean, open-ended? In the previous lesson, we had an example of, oh, you're trying to tell a face apart from an elephant, apart from a chair, and there's a small set of labels that you need to apply and you just have to figure out which one of it is. So the computer knows it's either an elephant or a person or a chair or whatever. And it just has to decide which one of those it thinks is most likely. But okay. of course, in pictures in general, it can be almost anything. So it has to be able to recognize on the fly what an object is, even though there's a almost an infinite number of different labels that could be applying to it. Wow. Okay. So that's one thing that's difficult. Another thing that's difficult is it's harder to do the relationships between objects. Okay, so like the elephant is standing in front of the sunset. That's, exactly. Yeah. That sort of thing. The man is holding the pizza. Mm, or the, okay. the dog is in front of the red car. Figuring out that red is a word that's supposed to modify car, things like this. These are these are also difficult. And then the third thing that's tough is actually coming up with a natural language processing capacity to generate the statement that says something like man, red car, and then put that together into a sentence that's recognizable as English. The man is standing in front of the red car. Oh my gosh. So this is this is a number of very difficult problems all kind of compounded on each other. That's right. Yeah. So the that's why it's so exciting that they were able to to get such good results with it. They really. what? They were? Yeah, it's it's really cool. <laughs> okay. So, so let me, I guess we'll, we'll skip ahead. I'll, I'll show you sort of what some of the results are. I'm giving you actual pictures that they used from their test corpus. And I want you to describe this picture for me. Okay, it looks like a person who's riding a motorcycle. It's, uh, there's dirt in the air behind him. He's going directly toward the camera. And the caption for this is a person riding a motorcycle on a dirt road. No way. Yeah. Oh my god, what? Really? Nailed it, nailed it. That's exactly right. How about this one? That one... It's a little bit tough. That one's really difficult. Like, it's... Okay, so it's a bunch of four-legged animals. They're a little bit far away, so it's hard to tell exactly what they are or how big they are. And they're scattered across this field. It's lighter in color in the background, and it looks like the area that they're standing in is kind of a darker dirt color. There are small patches of grass. And this one has been captioned, a herd of elephants walking across a dry grass field. Oh my gosh. Like, I, it's even hard for me to tell that they're elephants. I mean, granted, I'm not looking at it really, really closely, but that is phenomenal. So those are some of the ones that it did really well with. What I also think is, it's funny. I enjoy reading these. It sometimes gets it close, but not quite right. Describe this picture for me. So that picture looks like three dogs kind of walking towards the bottom right-hand corner of the image. They're on a grass field and there's some kind of a structure in the background. Okay, this one it, it subtitled or it captioned, two dogs play in the grass. So this is one two. where it got the number of dogs wrong. Two dogs. 
Well, but, is, is one of them a cat or something? <laughs> no. There's really just three animals there. So I don't know how it made this particular mistake, but you can tell that it can sometimes get it. It's, it's really close. It just somehow got the wrong number of dogs. Yeah. How about this one? I would describe that as a pink moped in front of a silver car in what looks like a parking lot. That's what I would say too. The computer said a red motorcycle parked on the side of the road. So this is one mm. they, they classified as somewhat related to the image. So it it, it gets some things wrong. right. It got the color wrong, it got the context wrong, but it does get that, that, that there's a parked motorcycle. So we'll give it some credit. All right, did it get any of them completely dead wrong? Yes, and they're that, those are always the, mo the most fun. <laughs> this, one's, this one's my favorite. Tell me how you would, how you would caption that one. This looks like a street sign, one of the ones with the red circle and the cross mm -hmm. over it with a bunch of graffiti kind of stickers over it. And it looks like it's under some kind of an overpass. That's what I would say too. It has captioned this, a refrigerator filled with lots of food and drinks. Uh, that does not look like- <laughs> So hilariously <laughs> off track. Yeah. But nonetheless, Wait, I wanna, I wanna know what that one is. This is a, it looks like a yellow car. It has a bumper sticker on the front of it that looks like teeth, so the car kinda looks it's, goofy. It's like a Volkswagen Beetle that somebody's tricked up so it's making kind of a face at you when yeah. you got it head on. So what, what was the, I, I wanna know what the caption for that was. This one is called a yellow school bus parked in a parking lot. Yellow school bus? That is not a yellow school bus. No, I don't. Not at all. No. Okay, so now now we're just harping on all of the completely wrong captions, but this is really amazing. It is. So this really, I mean, this is a, a problem that people have been working on for a long time. So there's a fairly established literature about how well you can usually do with these types of tasks. And this one just took the state of the art and blew it out of the water. Wow. It does really, really well. And this is really cool because you can now start to imagine how this could be generalized to something like, take me to the point in the video where the dog jumps into the car. Obviously, that's not something that we can do right now is search a video for text like that, but this would be the basis oh of your ability gosh. to do something like this. That's incredible. And also with something like a video, you don't just have one picture. You've got a bunch of pictures that are all very related to each other. You've got the, the temporal the time dimension too. Right. So then you'd have to understand not just a, a flash image in time, but sort of a, an action or an evolution through time. So that's something that hasn't been solved yet. I just think that's, that's where this is going eventually. That's speculation on my part. But nonetheless, really exciting right now. Um, and it was really it was really clever what they did. They took sort of the state of the art image recognition neural net, which is a, a, a convolutional neural net. And they took the output from that and they put it into a recurrent neural net, which is used for natural language processing. So they took sort of one technology for the image recognition, they took a different technology for the natural language processing, and they figured out a way to knit them together. And that was how they that's, got this great result. That's just crazy. It's pretty cool. And so there's, there's one other thing that I wanna take the opportunity to mention now, which I should have said in the last episode, but I didn't. And that is that neural nets are actually a pretty old algorithm as these things go. It was, oh, really? it was in some ways one of the earlier uh, machine learning algorithms, because it was, it was a natural place to start. Like, oh, just we're really just good at learning, do what we do. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of work on neural nets uh, several decades ago, and then they kind of fell out of favor for a decade or two, because they weren't quite living up to what people thought was their potential. And there were other more interesting things, and 
and also that as sources of data were proliferating, it became easier to just get more data and use a simpler algorithm than to have to deal with the big machinery of a neural net because they can mm. be kind of difficult to train. They can be unwieldy in some ways. And also computationally expensive. Extremely computationally expensive sometimes. So especially a couple decades ago, that would be a problem. Yeah, but in the with the advances that we've made in computing, neural nets are really getting a resurgence right now because now something that wouldn't be computationally feasible 20 years ago, which might be many different hidden layers, or you can use large numbers of features, or you can do something that's a little bit more sophisticated than your simple your simple neuron, mm-hmm. has some more like, temporal dependence, or it does some kind of specialized output or whatever. These are all things that we're much more capable of doing now because we just have the CPUs to back it up. Mm-hmm. And so as you put more juice into the neural nets in the form of computing cycles, they're starting to deliver in some of these places where traditional machine learning algorithms like an SVM or a naive Bayes or a decision tree, forget it. It could never do this. But a neural net can. And so it's really it's really having a renaissance right now because of the computing power that, that we can feed into them. I am so excited to see where this particular field goes. I, it's already going lots of interesting places. And I, I can hear it in your voice that you're as excited as I am. <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, so for me as someone who follows machine learning, I I had a lot of resistance, I think, to neural nets at first, because they can be difficult to understand. They can be black boxy. We have a resistance to something that looks like magic, because... Yeah, it does kind of feel like magic. Yeah. I, it was funny. I was talking with someone right before we started filming this, and I said, you know, I didn't, I don't want to like neural nets, but they just work so well (laughs) that you can't help but be like, okay, well, you're, I, I don't understand it. I, well, I understand like the individual pieces of it, but you start to get these aggregate effects that oh, are yeah. really hard to anticipate. Yeah. I don't understand how those aggregate effects happen most of the time, but they do and they work and it's kind of nuts. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.